Just bear with me if I, if I slow down or <clears throat> whatever, but we're going to uh, preach the word, what the Lord has for us tonight. Um, look in Mark chapter 4, this is a familiar passage of scripture, You're to look down and let's pick it up in verse number 14, he's giving him a parable here, and he says, the sower soweth the word, and these are they by the wayside where they word is sown, but when they heard, when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who, when they had heard the word, immediately received it with gladness, and having no root in themselves, and so endured but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among the thorns. And he goes on. We see this group here that sown among stony ground and they have no root. That they only endure for a little time. They are not able to stick it out. When the sun comes out, when things get rough, when persecution arises, they go by the wayside. They aren't able to hang in there because there is no substance. There is no root. A soldier that had taken part in the battle of Gettysburg belonging to the 6th Corps, he was part of that group that made the famous march from Manchester to Gettysburg, a distance of 34 miles. He said that march with the continual clouds of dust and the sweat-soaked clothes, the blood from his chafed limbs that trickled down into his shoes, he said that march was the hardest experience of the entire war. You see, sometimes it's much harder to march than it is to fight. To just keep going, to just stay at it, To just get up in the morning and go one more time when you feel like throwing in the towel. The test of endurance truly is the long, grueling march. You just set out on a march and you'll find after a little while that there are some who are going the other way. They've given up. They've thrown in the towel. They decided to quit. They decided to give up. They think that it's too hard. You're involved in a march and you'll find there are people that are beside you or that are around you that will very quickly determine that, hey, if you're willing to, they're willing to, or they're going to call it quits. But you'll also find some who have in their heart and mind no option of quitting, no uh, inkling of throwing in the towel. They are committed of going and decided that they're going to go all the way. And that's the kind of Christians that we need, Christians that will endure to the end, that will just keep on going for God. This is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. It's a topic that I need to be reminded of and I need to be uh, challenged in. And, and, you know, this week is vacation Bible school and it's going to take some endurance to get through to Friday. It's going to take some endurance to, to go to work every morning and, and do all of what you got to do all day long and then, and then get things together and then truck all the way down here to church and, and work with the kids until late and then clean up and head home and, and do it all again the next day. 
It's days and weeks like this that I I feel for the family of God and I understand the labor of love it is for you to try and be here every night to minister to these young people and praying that God will give you an extra measure of grace this week and strength to endure until the end and that God would put a hedge of protection around his people and not allow Satan to get in and cause a problem. Can I tell you that Satan's fighting? I know he's fighting. Today, there's been several things. and Migraine's not the least of it. That Satan's just trying to cause problems. Satan's just trying to get in and, and wreak havoc because God's people are ready to do something and make a difference for eternity. And I want you to know we need to keep going for God. Can I tell you that sometimes I feel like quitting? There's, there's times that I, I, I want to say I don't know if it's worth all the trouble. I don't, is, is it all right if I'm that transparent with you? That, that I, just, I just look at it and say, I just don't know if carrying the burden of this is, is worth the struggle. But we need, we need the Lord to convince us and strengthen us and to know that it is, and we just need to keep going for God. We, we need to keep pushing forward even through the hard days and the hard times because God is still king. He is still master. He is still directing and leading our lives. And therefore we can't give up or throw in the towel. We've got to endure to the end. We can't be as those that endured for just a little time and then quit. Just a little time when some affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, they immediately were offended and left. To endure means to last, to continue in the same without perishing. To last, to continue without perishing. The fact of the matter is, it's getting harder and harder to find people who will endure. I mean, just keep going. Just stick it out. Just stay faithful until the end. Today, you find young people that have the attention span of a gnat and the endurance of a cheetah. You know, a cheetah is a really fast animal. Cheetah can run close to 75, 80 miles an hour. Go from zero to 60 like that. I mean, so fast. But you know, the endurance of a cheetah can only do that for about a quarter mile. About 1,300 feet or so. Beyond that, his heart will give out. He has no endurance to keep on going. I want you to know that the Christian life is not a sprint. It's a long race. And we need to run with patience the race that is set before us. We need to continue to endure. Today, young people just want to quit their jobs. They want jobs with high pay and no work. I I don't suppose that's too much different than any other generation. You know, it's human nature to want to get as much money as you can for as little work as possible. I mean, that's human nature. But there was a generation of people that realized it's just not the way it is. And you're, here's what you've been offered and you're going to take that job and you're going to work it. And that's what you're getting paid. Today, young people just say, oh, well, I just quit. I'm just not going to work there. Oh, man, I can't believe they want me to actually to show up on time. I can't believe they want me to actually work until five o'clock or six o'clock. I mean, don't they know I have plans? No, we need to keep, we need to just endure and do what's expected. Our families are in trouble today because we, we can't endure. 
We can't keep going. Young people can't endure uh, instruction or discipline or, or being told no by their parents. Wives and husbands can't endure through the tough times. They're just deciding to call it quits, to throw in the towel, just get a divorce, just separate. It's okay. Uh, it'll be acceptable in society. We just don't want to endure. It's uncomfortable. It's, can, I, can I tell you something? Every single marriage goes through hard times. Every single marriage goes through some times that it's a little bit of a struggle or maybe uh, there's a little bit of conflict there and you shouldn't let those times exist and remain and continue for a long period of time. But I want you to know that that's the fact of the matter is and if you aren't set to endure, you'll throw away something great on just the fact that it's a bad day, a bad week. There's, there's times that things are rough and you need to stick it out just decide I'm going to endure and keep on going. God will give you the strength to do so. Don't throw in the towel on what God has joined together just because things are rough right now. Get some help if you need some help. Get with God and let God uh, do something in your heart or do a work in your mate's heart. We need to endure, beloved. Why? Because it pleases the Savior. Amen. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. And I tell you, beloved, I believe the joy that was set before him was the salvation of saints, was the salvation of sinners who were made saints. That he looks at you and I as the joy uh, that he gave himself for. And when we endure, it brings uh, joy to the heart of the Savior. Jesus endured for you and I, we should endure for him. Some might say, I don't really have any joy in my life. I don't really have anything worth living for. But I encourage you this evening to stop living for yourself. If you will live for others, you will never be at a loss for a reason to live. If you are living for others, you will never be at a loss for a purpose or reason to live. But when you live for yourself, you're going to come to the end of that pretty quick. Start living for others. You know, some of the most rewarding times of my life have been opportunities that God has given me to serve others. Did it cost me time or money or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But there are times that I cherish and so grateful for because it was just an opportunity to serve others. We endure because it pleases the Savior. We endure to be a good soldier. You're familiar with the passage, 2 Timothy 2, 1 for 3. He says, Thou therefore, my son, be a strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And these things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men that shall be able to teach others also Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 
hardness, beloved. It's affliction. It's trouble. We're going to have some affliction. We're going to have some trouble. That's because we're in a battle. Satan ain't happy when you're starting to make progress. You know, this morning service is a great service. I got a phone call this afternoon from somebody that was here in church, and they were irate, read me out, and then hung up. That happens. Last Sunday, I got a message from somebody at the end of, end of service. I said, uh, Pastor, I didn't like your message today. I said, okay. I, I, I don't know. I just tell you, we're in a battle. And the enemy's going to fight back. Satan is going to get up and try and do everything he can to get you to quit. Get you to say it's not worth it. But a good soldier endures hardness. 2 Timothy 4, verse number 5 says, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. He was telling Timothy, listen, you're going to have to endure some things, some hardness, some trouble. We endure to be a good soldier. It's a pretty sorry soldier that would cut tail and run. Winston Churchill, as a young soldier, was in battle. Bombs were falling everywhere. Many men wanted to quit, and they called unto him and said, Would you run, sir? And he said, I would not do the cowardly thing. I wouldn't do it. So many Christians are giving up on God today. They're cutting. They're running. They've stopped enduring long ago. They've just quit. You know, if you'll just be faithful, if you'll just endure, it seems heavy, it seems hard, but if you'll endure, joy cometh in the morning. There was an elderly preacher that was reproved or rebuked by one of his members one day. This member said, Pastor, something must be wrong with your preaching, sir. There's only been one individual added to the church in this entire year and he's just a boy the minister listened and tears began to well up in his eyes and he said I feel it all sir I feel it all God knows that I have strove to do my duty it was on that very day the minister's heart was very heavy he was closing his morning message and felt a very strong inclination to resign He did not resign, and he stood alone, or what he thought was alone, in the auditorium after everyone else had gone, when approached a young boy, the boy that they had reached that year. This boy looked at him and said, Do you think, sir, if I work very hard, I could become a preacher like you? Perhaps maybe a missionary one day? Again, tears filled the minister's eyes, and he said, Young man, I see the divine hand of God. And I believe you, sir, will be a preacher. Many years later, an aged missionary returned to London from Africa. 
His name was spoken among the highest members of society with reverence. Nobles invited him to their homes, for he had added many souls to the church, reaching some of Africa's most savage chiefs. His name was Robert Moffat. We don't know what God's doing. Sometimes the burden gets heavy, the trial gets hard, the situation seems like, man, I don't know, I just, I, is it worth it? I just want to quit. I just want to throw in the towel. But if you'll keep going, God will give you joy in the morning. A good soldier doesn't quit. He learns how to endure. Young man, young lady, you better learn how to endure. You better learn how to endure. Where's Alicia? She's in the nursery. Oh. She has a hard job right now. She's working for an individual that's a little bit difficult at times. After the first week, she was done. I said, you ain't quitting. You've made a commitment for the summer. You, that's your job. You've got to learn how to endure. You know, kids, if you don't learn how to endure when things aren't comfortable or you don't like it, you're going to build a habit of quitting and it's going to, care, it's going to follow you everywhere. Because I don't care what job you take. After a little while, you ain't going to like it. You got to just decide to endure. Just say, this is what it is. And you just go back and do it again. But if you can learn to endure... You'll you'll see God prosper you. But it takes some continuing. If you don't learn how to endure and work through your relationship problems, you, you, you got stars. Andrew's young lady was here this last weekend. You know, they got love in their eyes. Love is going to carry us through. We don't need any. We don't need anything but love. For the first two and a half months, three months, <laughs> then you find that you need a few other things. Amen. <laughs> now I know that they know that, but they're looking at me. All these young people, they're looking at me. What I'm saying is, if you don't learn to learn how, if you can't learn how to get along with your brother or sister, you think you're going to be able to work it out with your wife one day? You, you need to be able to work through that. You need to be able to get along with them. You need to understand that there's conflicts of personality sometimes, and it doesn't matter. You think love's going to fix it? No. When you've left your socks on the floor for the 14,000th time, and she comes in yelling upset because you didn't pick up your socks, whatever it is, I'm just saying you've got to learn how to endure and learn it now, or you'll learn some hard lessons later. Christians need to learn how to endure. You know, there's there's situations that arise in a church. Offenses will come. That text we began with, what did he say? At the very beginning, he says, 
they endure for a long time, but afterward, when afflictions or persecution arise, for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. You know, I did some thinking. In 10 years that I've been leading the church, I can't recall one person that left the church because the preaching wasn't hard enough. I can't recall one person that left the church because the doctrine wasn't sound. Not one that said, your emphasis on soul winning is too weak. Not one person that said, you know what, the music standards here are just too low. Uh, I, I, I just have a problem with that, and so I need to go somewhere where the music standards are higher. You know why people left the church? Because their feelings got hurt. Because somebody said something. Because the pastor forgot to do something. Because somebody did something, they said they weren't, whatever it is. Because of they, now they can't endure. Christians, we need to learn how to endure. We need to learn how to endure. We endure to be a good servant. In 1 Peter 2, 18 and 19, he says, Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. For this is thankworthy if a man for conscience sake toward God endure grief, suffering wrongly. I should have put that illustration about uh, Alicia right here. It just came to me in the last point, so I threw it in. (laughs) But this is what he's talking about, being a servant. And that sometimes as a servant, you're going to have to endure some grief. Sometimes things aren't going to go your way. Sometimes it's going to be hard. That He says here that it is thankworthy. That thankworthy means praiseworthy. It's praiseworthy in the eyes of God. God is thankful and he's, it is praiseworthy that you are enduring. If your boss is taking advantage of you or not treating you correctly, but you endure and keep going for conscience sake before God, because we don't work as for men, do we? Everything we do is supposed to be as unto the Lord. And so for conscience sake, for a clear conscience before God, you say, you know what? My boss isn't fair. He's not being just. He's not doing right. But for my conscience sake before God, I'm going to continue to work hard. I'm going to give him a full day's labor. I'm going to do my job and do it to the best of my ability so that when I go home at night, I can have a clear conscience before God. God says, that's thankworthy. That's thankworthy. You're showing that your Christianity is real. It glorifies God. You might have to endure some grief. That word grief there means hard words, bitter reproaches. You know, you might have to endure some grief at work because you pray over your food or because you have a Bible on your desk or because you've given out a track and people know that you're a Christian. You might have to endure some grief. They, they might make some comments or say some harsh words, or, but God said that's thankworthy. When you endure that, when you endure that for him, you know, we endure as well because it's a method in which we can be a soul winner. Second Timothy 2, verses 8 through 10, he says, Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer even unto the bounds But that word of God is not bound. 
Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. He says here, he says, I endure some things because there are some people who need salvation through Jesus Christ. And I'm going to endure this so that they can obtain that, so that they can, they can have that, so that they can hear and know the truth of the gospel. When we endure, we become a living testimony of the gospel for Jesus Christ. You know, when Mary went to Jesus to call upon him to save her brother Lazarus, there were, there were many there that came that came to comfort Mary. But Mary, instead of relying on their comfort, she went to Jesus. The Bible tells us that many of those that came to comfort her became followers of Christ. They, they were reached because of her testimony. She endured that grief and went through that hardship, but God used it to reach other people. God will use the things you endure and go through to reach other people as well. Let me give you this last one. I've two others I'm just going to skip over, but we endure to be fully satisfied. James 5, verses 10 and 11. He says, Take my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord, for an example of suffering, affliction, and patience. Behold, we count them happy, which endure. You've heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, and the Lord is very pitiful and tender of mercy. He says, we count them happy, which have endured. You know, when we endure and we just keep going, for, what is that verse, the beginning of it? It keeps coming like so right on the tip of my tongue. But joy cometh in the, mer- in the morning. What's the first part of that verse? That it seems something for a little time. My mind is just... You guys know what I'm saying? The verse I'm talking Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. That's the one I was looking for. Weeping may endure for a night. That You see, joy comes in the morning. Happy are they that endure. Do you know how the guy feels in the morning that quit? He's not happy. He's disgusted with himself. He's upset. He feels like a failure. He decided he, he just didn't make it again. But if you'll endure, you'll be fully satisfied. You'll be happy. You'll go on with joy. When you, get, when you just stick it out. When you reach the end. You know, in Australia, there is the world's longest endurance race. It goes from Sydney to Melbourne. It's 543 miles. It's not a car race. It's not a motorcycle race. It's a foot race. 543.7 miles. 
1983, 150 world-class runners converged on Cindy for the event. The day of the race, a toothless 61-year-old potato farmer named Cliff Young approached the registration table wearing his overalls and galoshes over his work boots. At first, people thought he was there to watch the race, and they tried to direct him to the stands, and he says, no, I'm here to run. They confirmed that that is and was his intention, and he said, yes, I would like a number, please. You see, Cliff Young had grown up on a farm without the benefit of any luxuries like a horse or any four-wheel drive vehicles. It was a 2,000-acre farm, and they farmed over 2,000 sheep that often he had to go round up in the hills. The incredulous staff issued Cliff number 64, and he mingled with other runners sitting at the starting line. Spectators couldn't believe their eyes as they mocked and made fun. When the gun went off, bystanders snickered at Clifford as he was quickly left behind in his galoshes and overalls. All of these other runners in their sculpted bodies and running gear briskly took off. Oh, the, la- the snickers gave way to laughter as Clifford began to run, not like the other runners, but with what could only be described as a very odd shuffle. All of Australia watched with riveted eyes to the telecast as the scene unfolded. Someone commented, somebody needs to stop that crazy old man before he kills himself. Five days, 15 hours, and four minutes later, Cliff Young came across the finish line, winning the marathon. He did not win within a few seconds or even a few minutes. The nearest runner was nine hours and 56 minutes behind him. All of Australia was stunned at this remarkable and seemingly impossible victory. How did this happen? Everybody knows that to run in this marathon, runners run for 18 hours a day putting themselves to rest and striving to sleep for six, getting up to run another 18 hours for five grueling days. But no one told Clifford he was supposed to rest. He just continued to shuffle along day and night without stopping. He broke every record by over nine hours and became overnight a national hero. Interestingly enough, professionals began to study and experiment with what was but an odd shuffle when he left the beginning of the race, but found to be a very unique and efficient use of energy. It is now called the Young Shuffle and used in endurance races all over the world. Beloved, victory in the Christian life comes through endurance. You know, we're talking in Sunday school about You know, winning the battle. Victory, overcoming Satan. Beloved, the Christian life is not a hundred yard dash. It's a marathon. It's an endurance race that you have to keep on keeping on. Endurance is what leads to success. I just want to encourage you tonight to keep on keeping on. Satan wants you to quit. Whatever it is, your Bible reading, your witnessing, your prayer time, your focus on Christ, 
your commitment to be in church. Whatever it is, Satan wants you to throw in the towel and say it's not worth it. And the Lord's saying, just endure. Weeping is but for a night, but joy cometh in the morning.